Hey everyone, this is John Gunter. I'm the preaching minister at the Eagle Community Church of Christ here in Mont Bellevue, Texas. We'd like to thank you for listening to our podcast and hope that you'll get something out of it. Uh, if we could ever do anything for you, we'd love to. Uh, I'd love to have you visit us in person. Today we continue our series in Revelation. We're talking about a couple of churches, and maybe the the most familiar to me growing up was the church in Laodicea, the one that is called lukewarm. It's it's one of those things where it's it's a real gut check. I think as we as we look at these churches, it's one we need to be looking kind of in the mirror, kind of holding up a Bible and a mirror. And so I pray that we can all do that. So again, thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon. Well, good morning again, and again, it's great to be here with you. Uh, we continue our study of Revelation this morning. Uh, this will be the last sermon on the churches. So next week, we'll really dive into the, well, interesting is probably a good word, uh, confusing maybe, uh, but we'll get into that next week. My, my wife asked me yesterday, she said, uh, so we're going to be in Revelation a while, right? I said, yes, for a while. So if you don't like it, um, I don't know what to tell you there. At least be here for Bible class, 1010 to 1040 between services. We're trying that out. I want to remind you of that as well. Today, we finish with the last two churches uh, that we need to talk about in Revelation 3, 1 through 6, which is the church uh, in Sardis. And the last one is Laodicea in uh, chapter 3, verses 14 through 22. And again, for me growing up, this was where we spent a lot of time. Laodicea is the one that got into my brain. Uh, We spent a lot of time on that, and and you may notice why. But for both of them, to me, this is is a really good look at, uh, you know, inward look at we should be coming to this with a Bible in one hand and a mirror in the other. And so as Jesus addresses these churches, we should be saying, all right, I keep, I keep hearing you say, Jesus, he who has ears to hear, let him hear, you know. Uh, how does this apply to us? What are we doing well? What are we doing poorly? And how can we adjust that? So again, our, our study this morning from uh, the churches Sardis and Laodicea, starting in verse 1 of chapter 3. Uh, and one other uh, comment, somebody said to me, like, wait, are these the words of Jesus? Yeah, these are, these are red-letter words. And so uh, this is the only time other than, I guess, Paul on the road to Damascus that we get Jesus talking to someone very directly after, after he's been crucified and raised. And so if you haven't gotten that right and you hear somebody, like I said, ask me about that, yeah, this is, this is it. Okay, so red letters, I think I've got it kind of in pink, and I don't know what that washed-out color is, but I tried to do it anyway. So to the angel of the church in Sardis, write, these are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up, strengthen what remains and is about to die, for I have found your deeds unfinished in the sight of my God. Remember, therefore, what you have received and heard. Hold it fast and repent. But if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief and you will not know at what time I will come to you. Yet you have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes. That's as positive as this gets, by the way. You have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes. They will walk with me dressed in white, for they are worthy. The one who is victorious will, like them, be dressed in white. I will never blot out the name of that person from the book of life, but will acknowledge that name before my Father and his angels. Whoever has ears, Let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. 
And then in verse 14, to the angel of the church in Laodicea write, these are the words of the amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich. I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing, but you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich and white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve to put on your eyes so you can see. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So I, I think you can probably see why we group those together. Again, I'm uh, looking at the uh, resource I gave you, Dr. Craig Coaster, Revelation and the End of All Things, where he groups them uh, the way we've covered them the last few weeks. And what you've seen is, remember, when we first started talking about churches, you had some very good things said to churches, but you also had like a bad section. And then we had that week where we talked about two persecuted churches, and there was nothing bad. It was all good, again, because they were being persecuted. You had to be real serious about Jesus Christ to be in that church, because otherwise you were going to take some heat. And so there was nothing bad written to those churches. And here with these last two, what did we get? All bad save for, well, some of them haven't soiled their clothes yet, which is fun to think about, right? And so what we get here is, is really a, a couple of churches that need to turn it around, right? And so that's what we're going to talk about here for the few minutes that we're here. So Sardis, what you noticed was reputation. Jesus says to this church, he says, I know you have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Now, I think having this reputation, uh, probably in the community, probably known for it, might be one of the scariest things and one of the biggest traps we can fall into as a church. And, and so if I come up here and I think, man, I am an awesome person, and, and this group over here says, oh, yeah, John is an awesome person. And I believe that because I believe it, and they're backing me up. They think I'm cool. But it's not true where are we? Where are we? And so that's where this church finds itself. This church is known for probably being a pretty good church in the community. But Jesus says, you have this reputation, but you are what? Dead. Dead. We ought to take it that way too, just, just, just like he said it. You are actually dead, so we don't even understand. We, leave, we live in a time where you can think anything and if you need somebody to back you up, you can find them on the internet. Y'all know that? They may be wearing a tinfoil hat, but you can find them, and they're backing you up. And so I feel like in that moment, I'm kind of bolstered, and, and my opinion is valid. <laughs> Again, what they'll say a lot of times about political debates is nobody really flips sides during those things. All you do is build up your own idea that you came in with in the first place. And so you'll hear around elections, the only people they're targeting are people who are actually undecided because everybody else made up their, their, their uh, mind a long time ago. Y'all know that, right? 
And so that's exactly the trap we can fall into, just like the church here, is we could feel like, man, Eagle Community is an awesome church. And maybe we even have people in the community around us say, man, I, I love that church. I just love, I, you know, I name off some names in there. I just love her and him, not her, but him, you know, that kind of thing. And we could get a sense of, man, we are awesome. But because we haven't gone back to God's word and looked there, we could be way off and we could be, as Jesus says, dead. And that ought to scare us. That ought to worry us just a little bit to say, okay, I want to make sure that when Jesus talks to me or when Jesus addresses our church, that he doesn't say that. Man, you had a great reputation. Thank you, Jesus, but you're dead. It's a scary thought, isn't it? But that's where they were. Uh, two times as Jesus is addressing this church, he says the word, wake up. And again, I've got it in bold, and it's just in that, fir that first sentence, wake up, look around, strengthen what remains and is about to die, for I have found your deeds unfinished in the sight of my God. And, and so he says it again there at the bottom, he says, but if you do not wake up, and he goes on there. This church is just going along. They're, they're just not paying attention. They're not standing with God's word in a mirror. They're just going about business. And as they have gone, they have walked farther and farther from where God wants them to be. And so what I'm asking this morning is, do we need to wake up from something? Do we need to wake up? He says, strengthen what remains. So there, there's something that started out really good here, but it is no longer, okay? Strengthen what remains is about to die, for I have found your deeds unfinished. Anybody ever start projects and don't ever finish them? Anybody want to admit to that? I told them first service, if you go, I love, I love all the resources I have. Most of them are digital now. But if you go to my house right now, in the game room, I've got a bunch of uh, books everywhere. And there are bookmarks all in them, about 25 pages in. Anybody else like that? For a preacher, it's hard anyway because you start studying. Man, I'm going to study this thing on Revelation. I'm going to give you all the best series on Revelation you've ever seen. And I start reading on Revelation, and it says something. I think, oh, man, I could preach that. And an hour and a half later, I realize I hadn't studied about Revelation anymore, and I got to get back. And so for this church, Jesus is saying, strengthen what remains. You had something. It was going well. You need to go back to that before it dies off. Because you have lost something. And I, and I think about us on uh, kind of this side, hopefully, of COVID, that, that we've lost a lot of things. And for some of us, it is just simply the habit or uh, the day-to-day -day calendar of I'm going to do this and I'm going to study the Bible here and I know I'm going to go on Sunday and we're going to study the Bible together and we're going to do this. And some people hadn't come back yet, have they? And churches all over the globe, but especially our nation, have not had people come back. They've lost something, haven't they? And so you got to look around and say, is that me? Have I lost what I once had? Do I need to strengthen what is dying right now because I haven't exercised that thing? Because I haven't been doing that thing? He says, your deeds are unfinished. Finish them. He said, again, remember, therefore, what you have received and heard Hold it fast and repent. But if you do not wake up, again, uh, we're studying on Wednesday night how to study the Bible. And one of those things is repetition. So if Jesus says to a church, wake up, 
two times, we ought to say, all right, I'm, I'm listening. <laughs> Get your coffee out, right? Wake up, he said, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what time I will come to you. Now, remember when we started this series, and, and that great theologian said, you, you read Revelation, and at the end of that, you believe that you know more than Jesus about when the end times are coming. You've read it wrong. You remember that. Jesus says again to this church, you will not know at what time I'm coming. Because a church that ha is in this situation, they're thinking, you know what we can do? Yeah, we might have fallen away some, but when Jesus comes back, when I know Jesus is coming back, I'll get my life back together. Anybody like that? I I'm like that with a diet. You don't start a diet on Friday, do you? I just wait till Monday, right? No sense in getting it all in order before the weekend. It's the weekend. So I'm going to wait. And so what kind of heart is that showing if, if we just want to wait until I know Jesus is coming back, then I'll clean the house, right? Uh, when I know company's coming over, then I'll do the sweeping and the mopping, right? But Jesus is saying, no, you better, you better have a heart that is right because you're not ever going to know that I'm coming back. And so you need to be ready for that. And so hopefully we look around and say, okay, what do we need to get ready? Laodicea, and this is, again, a big part of what I remember from our studies in Revelation growing up, uh, number one was they are lukewarm. Anybody that stick with you uh, as far as past Revelation sermons? Yeah. Uh, Jesus says, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. And so he says, I wish you were either one. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. If you grabbed a bulletin this morning and saw the front of it, uh, Terry said, I had, to, I had to look at that a few times before I okayed Tammy to put that out there. And if you don't know what's on there, grab a bulletin. You're, you're going to be curious now. But can you imagine uh, going to someone's house and they knew you were coming? Say, hey, welcome to my house. I'm glad you're here. I knew you were coming. So I made you some coffee. Uh, about three hours ago, I, I poured it in a cup and I set it out on the, on the cabinet there. There it is. Lukewarm, room temperature coffee. Anybody for that? Some of you love coffee so much, it doesn't matter what, what temperature it is. Or, or anything else for that matter. When I was growing up, a buddy of mine, his family owned a little gas station, and it was like a huge treat. Friday evening, if I was spending the night with him, I would actually, we'd go down to the gas station, and we live in a small town, so you know how gas stations have to be, all right, we're, we're doing gas, we're doing food, uh, we got movie rental, and uh, you can get some minners in the back, right? You know, not minnows, minners uh, in the back. And so we'd come and we'd get some Cokes and we'd take them home and we wouldn't even put them in the fridge. And so some of his parents were like, why are you not putting those in the fridge? That's disgusting. And I thought, well, I'm just weird. But we know this. Jesus says, I wish you were either hot or cold. Both of those are good things as far as if you're thinking about drinks or, or food or something. I want it either hot or cold, not lukewarm. He said, I wish you were one of those, but you're neither. And because of that, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. The idea, again, that Jesus comes to a banquet and what we would serve him as a church is something that would make him spit us out. So you got your attention yet? That's something else, isn't it? Laodicea, one of the things you saw there was uh, about riches. He says in 17, he says, You say, I am rich. I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing but you do not realize that you are wretched, 
pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Ouch. Jesus, won't you smooth that over just a little bit? You have, you've kind of walked away just a tad. No, you're wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. But what you need to know about Laodicea was it was one of the richest places around. Okay, they were advanced. They had money going on. Uh, several of the churches that we have read about experienced earthquakes so bad that it completely destroyed those towns. And for several of them, what they did was they didn't have the money to completely rebuild a city. And so the Romans would help out. So they'd go to the Romans, and the Romans would help rebuild their city, sometimes even naming the city after some Roman person. Laodicea had so much money, when the earthquake came and took away their town, they're like, now nah, we got it. No issue. We have the money. And so that, that's what these people were, were dealing with. That's the culture they lived in, the, the kind of city that it was. Plenty of money. And, and for those of us I know, especially in this city, you ought to go look up the city stats of the median household income right here in Mont Belvi. It's a very wealthy place. It's a, it's a place that you can think, just like this church. He says, uh, I am rich, I have acquired wealth, and do not need a thing. One of the dangers of having money is relying on that money, isn't it? When Christianity started out, it was known as a religion of the poor. Because guess what? Poor people understand they need something else. The rich people who can take care of things, even building back their own city, uh, a lot of times that comes with a, with a pride and an arrogance and I'll take care of me. And for us, maybe that's the, the number in the bank account or the retirement account or whatever it is. I've got this. I don't have to live on faith because I've got very concrete evidence that I'm going to be fine as I look at my bank statement. And Jesus says, you say I'm rich, but you've acquired a wealth and don't need a thing, but you don't even realize that you're wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Is there anything else you want to throw in there, Jesus? You covered it all. Notice he said blind there. He, Jesus also said, he says, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire. So again, using that, yeah, you got a lot of money. Why don't you, instead of using all that money that you have to buy all these fancy things, why don't you actually buy from me gold refined in fire? You know what fire does, right? It takes out all the impurities. And so what you have left is pure gold. He said, won't you buy that from me? And why don't you buy white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness? Whoo! And here, I want you to notice this last sentence. He says, and salve to put on your eyes so you can see. Now, that last sentence right there is how the adult male communicates to other adult males. And that is the inside joke or the inside burn. Because in Laodicea, one of the things they were known for was they had this Phrygian like eye powder that would cure all kinds of like eye issues. And, and so Jesus takes a shot at their money. Oh, you got all this. Won't you buy gold refined by fire instead of all that mess? And he said, won't you get a real salve to put on your eyes so that you can actually see instead of that junk you're relying on? So they said, we've got money and we've got medicine. We'll handle it from here. And Jesus says, you don't have money. You think you're rich and you're poor. They said, well, we, we can fix all these eye issues. He said, you hadn't, you hadn't seen anything yet. Won't you get real eye salve so that you can actually see your relationship to me? And we all stand up and go, ooh. 
I hope, I pray that that, that wouldn't be said about our church. I, I hope that, that what would be said would be very positive, but we have to, as followers of Jesus, we have to look at this and say, all right, where do we stand? Because what I want to point out to you, in every instance, even in these churches where Jesus has really nothing positive to say, in every one of them, he says, all you got to do is repent and come back to me. Jesus doesn't say, and I'm going to hang it over your head for a while until you pay me back because all that lost time or all that lost whatever. Jesus says, repent. You need to listen. You need to be able to see, and you need to turn around and come back to me. And that's the picture of who God is throughout Scripture. That's the picture that Jesus gives us over and over. But you don't get that if you've got a heart that is blinded by all of these other things. You don't get that if you've got a heart that says, you know what, I'll make things right right before I die or right before Jesus comes back. Because that's a heart that's not aimed at Jesus. That's a heart that I just want to save me. So as a church, as an individual, we've got to say, all right, where am I? Am I clearly seeing what God has for me? Am I clearly seeing uh, what God wants me to do in in relationship to uh, our community, the people around us? Brandon Heath sang a song several years ago now. So give give me the eyes, give me your eyes so I can see. Give me your eyes so I can see just like you see. And that's what Jesus is calling these people and said, you think you see all of this and you have this understanding. He said, but that's not it. You fooled yourself. You followed this reputation you have or you've you've chased this wealth or you've chased your advances in medicine. He said, I wish you really had the, the right thing, the real thing, and would come back to me. So this morning, where are you in that relationship with Jesus? Where are you? Have you slowly walked away from him? Have you slowly kind of faded into the culture where, oh, now I trust my money more than I trust my faith in God? Do I trust other things? What am I chasing? We'd love to pray with you. We're going to offer a song of invitation. We'd love to to pray with you to help restore you and your relationship with Jesus because we understand, just as Jesus told all of these churches, just repent and come back. I know how you felt when you had that baptism. I asked you several weeks ago, do you remember that feeling? And for me, it was just, it feels right. Everything in the world feels right. And then you have that moment where you realize, okay, I'm going away from God. And then you come back. And that's the story. That's the story as we hold our Bibles this morning. That's the story all throughout. The Israelites coming close to God and then walking away. Coming close to God and moving away. And that's our story as well. And so the question this morning is, where are you in that relationship? You need to move back to Jesus. If you do, would you come as we stand and sing?